Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. I'm uh, all excited about being uh, 364 days away from uh, signing day 2021. Well, you're really actually closer than that because uh, well, signing day was kind of anticlimactic compared to other signing days. But, you know, before we get into signing day, and this will be the Locked On Bama signing day spectacular pew 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 that was that's the only sound effects we can afford um <laughs> then uh before we get into that and there's something everybody should know jimmy and i every year for uh crimson country club have always done our signing day superlatives and we don't have we have some of the standard fare when it comes to categories but we don't we also have some pretty unstandard fare and uh, so we will probably read those off maybe tomorrow or first next week or something. And we'll just briefly go over the class day, but we got to start with the heartbreak. That is Alabama basketball losing <laughs> another big lead uh, to another, I mean, okay team. I mean, if you had told me Tennessee beats us by two points or, or one point uh, at the beginning of the game, given our injuries, I'd have been like, yeah, that makes sense. As we go through the game and I see, what happens in the game, and you tell me, I don't know, right after halftime we lose by one point, I would think you're nuts. Uh, so it's if you it depends on how you want to look at this game. I mean, it's certainly understandable that we're losing to teams like Arkansas and to um, Tennessee and, hell, throw LSU in the mix since they got beat at Vanderbilt. It's certainly understandable because those teams are very talented and they don't are not dealing with the – mystery meat syphilises and the um, injuries and the risks that are broken because our lobs are too high. Uh, I mean, shit like that. Nobody's dealing with that but us. But we do jump out to leads on these teams, and then we can't hold them. It just shows that we're – that's what's frustrating about it because the leads – I mean, leading 21 at Florida, leading, you know, uh, 12 nothing against against Arkansas, leading – leading Tennessee, I think, by as many as 13 at one point, the leads prove that we're pretty good. The leads prove that when we play well, uh, we're tough on anyone in the SEC, and we're quite capable of playing with anyone, even NCAA tournament teams. Uh, we're capable of, 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 of playing with them and, uh, and looking good. But in the end, we can't hold on for whatever reason, uh, because there's many. Uh, to choose from, but first and foremost is depth. There's just no depth. There's no depth at all. It's a shallow pool is what it is. There's just not enough players, and that is not through anyone's fault, not NATO's fault. It's just the fault of whatever Haitian God hates Alabama basketball year after year after year because what we're dealing with this year, Luke, is basically what we've dealt with every year, it seems like, since about 2007 which is that in the summertime we look at the roster and we're like, wow, we got 13 guys and, the, and, and most of them look pretty good. And we finally are deep and this might be the year. And then through any number of reasons that not even a, uh, not even a Hollywood medium could uh, project, we end up losing half that uh, roster over the course of the season uh, through just unbelievably bad luck. And that's, that's what we got. We're like the most injured basketball program ever. I mean, I know everybody's got injuries here and there, but 
the number of season-ending injuries to basketball players at Alabama over the past 12 years is mind-numbing. So, but anyway, we're, we're pretty good when, when we've we got a full tank of gas. But I think with seven guys, literally the last couple of games we've been playing with seven guys and a very ill Beetle Bolden, it's just not enough players. And uh, we just don't have enough players. And, and by that, I mean it literally and figuratively because what we have to do is recruit more good basketball players. That's what will get us out of this is recruiting. We have to recruit more good players. Uh, there's no doubt recruiting is going to bail us out eventually, If assuming recruiting is going to go well. Uh, we have to make sure recruiting goes well, first of all. Um, and I did see an interesting tweet from Cam Woods, who is a point guard that I called, and uh, I think he made some state championship runs earlier in his career, I think at midfield, and now he's at Pleasant uh, – no, he's at uh, Pinson Valley uh, playing with Jaquinsky McKinstry. McKinstry, yeah, Kool-Aid is what I'm going to call him. I mean, it's not like I just made that up. That's his real nickname. Um, I, That'd be kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, like, I'm just going to call him uh, call him uh, Garbage Can. Sure, why not? You know? um, no, Kool-Aid is his real nickname. But he is a smaller cat. Um, You know, he's not very big at all. And he just didn't – you know, when I saw him, I want to say he was in eighth grade playing for midfield. And he was kicking chicken, man. He was good. And but I thought, okay, he's going to need to grow some, and he really hadn't grown a lot. But he did tweet out a picture of him in an Alabama uniform and said, "Roll Tide" with you know the little eye emoji. Um, where the hell are you? An aviary? <laughs> no, I'm walking. I'm walking you through downtown Mobile, and it's kind of windy out. Okay. Well, um, that's a bird, though. There are birds. Uh, there are birds, despite the ominous weather. Well, that, usually they are foretellers of weather. You know, if they're going the other way, you should. Well, I'm trying to get the hell. Well, I'm trying to get the hell inside. The birds are telling me get the hell inside. I'm trying. I'll be there in about um, forty seconds. So, my point is that um, he was he tweeted out something saying, you know, in Alabama uniform, which makes me think we're recruiting him. And if you look him, try and look him up on recruiting services, he might be a three star on some, and he's probably unranked on most others. But I think he's a very good player. He's like one of the top scoring guys in the country right now. Um, and I mean, I mean that sincerely in the country, he's, he's like been having 40 point games pretty routinely, but uh, you know, is he a guy that's going to get us over the top? I don't think so, but I think he's a guy that can help us. And um, I like keeping recruits here in the state. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I worry about the size a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. I go back to, you know, Kyra Lewis, John Petty, which we railed on a little bit uh, last week. Um, they're not ready for the pros, man. And John Petty, I mean, the one thing that makes him not ready is forget the dribbling. He is not ready for professional basketball based on dribbling alone. But number two, um, his temper's got to change. I mean, he got he got a huge technical foul in the Tennessee game that was just flat stupid. Um, and he he you know gives those looks back to officials. You just can't do that shit. And then Kyra Lewis, I mean, where are you, man? I mean, I know he had some good driving moments, but when the game is on the line. You're the leader. You're the guy that's got to take over. Herb Jones isn't out there anymore. We need you. And I, I'm pointing directly at at you, Kyra, because I know you're capable. I know you've got that in you, and I know you're young. I know you're only 18. But he's got to assume that role. And to think that he can just go in the pros 
and just be like, oh, well, I'll just go in the pros and I'm fast and la, la, la. I don't think it's going to work that way. I mean, maybe the NBA takes a shot on a kid with so much speed and potential, but I think that he definitely needs another year, just like Petty. And we said this last time, and I think we're going to continue to say it as the year goes on. Yeah, with Herb out and our current depth problems, there is only one route to winning games, and that is Kyra and Petty playing well. It's the only way we're going to win. We cannot beat anyone good without Kyra and Petty playing well. It would be literally impossible. So that's what we need, and I know it's putting a lot on them, but, hey, these guys are, are kids that believe they have professional futures, and and if you do, time to, it's time to step up. They don't just draft you into the NBA because they they like you. You have you have to be not good but great, and uh, they have to do it. And 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 if they don't, we're going to lose. And if they don't, they won't play in the NBA. It's pretty simple. Now that said, this uh this Cam kid you're talking about is intriguing to me because uh, I know very little about him. Is he a 2020 kid? Yes, he is a uh, 2020 kid, I believe. I'm so he just didn't positive. sign. So he's a senior who didn't sign early. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm and, almost positive. Let me check on that real quick. He might be sure. 2021, but I'm pretty sure he's 2020. Because McKinstry's 21, but I think this kid would be a year older from what little I know about him. Um. Well, yeah, I think he is 2020. I'm almost positive. So are you, say, are, are you saying he's got like an offer or we're looking no, at No, he just tweeted out a picture of him. And listen, here's there was an article on him on AL.com, which somehow I miss. I usually try and keep yeah. up some of the classical articles. And I just read a hair of it for you. Um, Pinson Valley point guard Cam Woods just keeps adding to his resume. The six foot one, no way, no way. 170-pound senior, scored more than 50 points earlier this season in victories over Gaston and midfield and added 49 against North Little Rock and 48 against Jeff Davis and 44 against Clay Chalkball. He's averaging 36 points per game. Um, yet somehow Woods doesn't show a single Power 5 offer, although Alabama's and other, Alabama and others have shown tepid interest. Uh-huh. So, you know, in fact, Lindsey Lane's Tommy Murr, who is, uh, you know, scoring like 45 points a game, um, he is actually ranked higher and, but, uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I don't see that. I would prefer to have Cam Woods myself having, having seen mm-hmm. Cam Woods play a pretty good bit. Um, yeah. and I would take him right now. Does he see the biggest question surrounding Woods has always been size since he burst onto the scene as a five foot five middle school player on the varsity at midfield, five foot, you mm-hmm. know, and now he's, it, it says, despite now standing over six feet, the worries about his size apparently haven't subsided. That's, be, that's because he doesn't stand over six feet. I, I, I just exactly. know, even if you'd never told me anything at all about the guy, that's how <laughs> our fans need to read articles like that. That means he's not over six feet. But that's what I agree. Fan, fans take articles way too literally and, and just, <laughs> just read it. No one would have concerns about a point guard's size if he was six one. So, I mean, so, but anyway, that, that being said, you know, we're, we're, we're full, you know, we'll have 13 on the roster. Once you take Beetle Bolden off and put Keon Ambrose Hilton on, we'll have 13. If everyone comes back, maybe, maybe the offer to that kid ought to be, Hey, look, you know, 
we want you to commit to us and sign an intent to play at Alabama. It doesn't have to be a scholarship. Sign an intent to play at Alabama uh, this fall, and we're uh, expecting attrition. We're expecting it. Uh, you get the first spot uh, if we have attrition. If we don't have attrition, you pay your own way the first year, and then uh, then we'll put you on scholarship the second year. That's referred to as a blue shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. But that, that sounds like it might be a good uh, – a good blue shirt because he doesn't have other good options. We may not have a scholarship for him in the fall if everyone comes back, but I think we know everyone won't be back. I mean, the odds of that are not good at all. So and not most all likely, same reason. yeah, and he, he would take a, a blue shirt from Alabama if, if he doesn't have a regular offer from uh, from other Division One schools. So most likely. So anyway, that's something to keep in mind, and that's just me and you talking. We're obviously not. You know, for all we know, our staff looks at him and goes, wow, that kid's been five foot five since the seventh grade and it's never changed. So bye. (laughs) You know, I mean, when you're averaging those kind of numbers, though, it does tell me you are a shooter, which I like. um, Right. Nate Oates needs. um, (laughs) Somebody somebody tell you a funny joke back then? It did. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I was frightened someone in the building that didn't know I was here. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about recruiting from yesterday. Obviously, everybody is uh, crestfallen about McKinley Jackson, but um, were there anything else that happened that made you shake your head with glee or disgust? Disappointed that uh, McKinley Jackson chose somewhere else uh, just because I'm a fan in terms of his play on the field. I think he's a really good player that would have helped us, but – you can't sign them all. Uh, other schools have a lot to offer as well, so that's that. And uh, we'll just play with what we got, and what we got's pretty good. So, uh, just move on to the next guy. Um, I was not upset about Enos uh, Rakestraw uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, our depth at corner is actually pretty good. I, I think that's a guy we wanted, not necessarily a guy we needed. And there is a difference. So I wasn't that down about losing Rakestraw to Missouri. Uh, I I know we wanted him, and I do think he's going to be a pretty good player. But I think he ended up in a good place for him. And uh, I'm anticipating, uh, you know, several corners that we have currently on the roster turning into good players for us. So I'm not overly concerned about that. So yesterday was just sort of a non-event to me, I guess is the best way to put it just not much happened. And uh, that's what happens when you sign 22 players. Think about this. We barely added anybody yesterday. We basically ended up, I think, through the recruiting services, the number three class, we basically did that in December. (laughs) So in December, we signed the third best class in, in the country and sort of just held our cards. That's the way it ended up. But, uh, Overall, I think we did really well. It's not our best group of all time, not Saban's best group of all time at Alabama, but uh, pretty good. Do you feel like? Um, do you feel like we would have gone, or we might have gone back to Jason Jones out of Calera, who obviously we were pushing out the door to some extent. He ends up flipping, quote unquote, to Oregon, but I think that was. Is it really a flip when you have an assistant there sort of helping you with the flip? You know what I mean? You know how we <laughs> learn how to do flips? There's somebody behind them, like, making sure they don't bust their ass. Um, 
it feels like that's what we were doing with Jason Jones a bit. Um, but do you think that after we missed out on Rake, Rake Straw? Was it Rake Straw? Was that how you say that? Yeah, I think you say it, Rake Straw. Yeah. What a name. He I mean, did have a great name. I, I kind of, it was almost like the main reason I wanted him was because I wanted to say that name repeatedly for the next four years. But, but I mean, it's like he was making up a name to get out of something. I mean, then he looked around <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, my name is uh, Guy uh, Mail Carrier. I mean, you know, like, like he just looked around and was like, oh shit, I, don't, I, I need to come up with a name quick and nothing's coming to me. I'll just say things that I see happening. There's somebody raking straw. I'll be right. <laughs> That's, but yeah, he, he's, he's a, a, a good prospect. I'm just saying we, we have eight corners scheduled to be on the team this fall. Eight. Uh, we know Sertan is good. We know Job is pretty good. Uh, we signed a junior college player, Ronald Williams, as part of this class that you have to say you don't sign Juco's unless you know, you, you don't sign a JUCO unless you feel they can come in and start. Why why would you sign a JUCO otherwise? So that's three uh, in terms of guys that can get on the field. Now, the young guys that will contend to try to take away spots from them, Jalen Armour Davis, that's four. Banks, uh, Marcus Banks, Speedy Banks, that's five. Scooby Carter, that's six. Uh, Brandon Turnage redshirted, that's seven. And Jacquez Robinson, the true freshman uh, from Jacksonville, that's eight. So. You, you you don't need more than eight corners. Uh, simple math, uh, 22 players on the field, 85 scholarships. If you have more than four at one spot, then you're, then you're over. You're, you're going to be short somewhere else. So eight corners is ideal. We've got eight, that, and most of them appear to, to have good potential. That's why, you know, Rake Straw was a want to me, not a need, uh, but – McKinley Jackson, a little more of a need in terms of you can never have enough defensive linemen. And he was such a high quality guy. I kind of in my head considered him a five star. I know I know he wasn't ranked uh, five stars on the services, but I sort of considered him, you know, a five star throughout the process. And what really is disappointing about not getting McKinley is he would have had the best nickname on the team. We just would have gone from Mount Cody to Mount McKinley, right? I mean, I guess it still worked. It still worked, but I don't want to give Texas A&M that ammunition. That's pretty good. Can't believe after watching that kid play in four years, that's I think the first time I've heard that in, in four years. That's pretty good. You did not you did in five seconds what the general public couldn't do in four years. Hey, where did Velas Jones transfer? We could have gotten Velas Jones and had – we also could have had Mount Vesuvius Vis- or something. <laughs> That's the closest one I came to Vesuvius. I don't know. Vilas is headed to Tennessee to play for That's Jeremy right. Pruitt. That's right. I knew he was looking at some up plays in the Southeast. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Shit, Tennessee. I thought Tennessee did pretty well yesterday, speaking just overall SEC. And, you know, I was surprised to hear so many pundits talk about how well they thought Arkansas did. Yeah, they fell out of the mm-hmm. top 25 into the abyss, and then they climbed by the way back up into maybe the top 30. So good for them. Yeah, well, Sam Pittman, being a longtime SEC coach, his contacts obviously has good contacts. I think he's, he hired a pretty good staff there that has extensive recruiting experience in the South, and on all that paid off uh, – I'm not saying yeah. I think we have to watch the games before we know whether that was a good hire. And we might not know this upcoming fall. Might have to watch the games in year two. But uh, 
just the, the, the recruiting that, that he did was, uh, I would use the word impressive, as for Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt. You know, I know fans, especially at big power football programs like Tennessee, want this huge splash thing and to sign a number one class and know that you've turned it around uh, with some sort of awesome February, awesome February. Tennessee hasn't won in so long. I don't know how realistic that is, but I have no doubt from observing from the outside that each February they have signed a better and better and better group. The roster gets better and better. No, it's not fast. No, it's not overnight. I think Tennessee gets a little bit better every year. And if they give Jeremy all the way till year five, I think they might be hell by then. Uh, they just have to give him to year five because that's literally how long it can take sometimes. But then the payoff will be big. Uh, they'll be a little better. Let's, let's think this past year, I think they lost what, four game, five games total. I think they finished eight and five. But, I mean, they lost early to Georgia State and BYU. I mean, win those games, didn't they have like a 10-win year? They'd be like 10-3 and three if they hadn't lost to Georgia State and BYU in year two. And if that had happened, people would be talking about him as a hot commodity and the quick turnaround guy. And I, I just shows they're just an inch or two away. I, I think they'll be even better next year. Uh, what they need, which is what everybody needs in 2020, is a quarterback. I mean – Guarantano is just probably not a big-time guy. I don't know that that Marr guy that's on the roster now is good. They're bringing in uh, Harrison Bailey, I think, you know, who's a, who's a, who's a really good prospect. But uh, I think Tennessee's a quarterback away from being uh, really back as a, as a top-ten type program. But that's easier said than done. Hey, there's no doubt about it. And, there, you know, we can talk about Tennessee and what their prospects are for the future later. But – I think it'd be they would have been better served to have last year's schedule this year rather than have games at Oklahoma, at, Oklahoma. Um, at Georgia. I mean, they got to go to South Kakalaki. Um, they got Florida and Bama at home, which will help, but I don't think they're ready to beat Florida or Bama yet. So that's right. At least not Bama. So but, what you're um, saying is they could be, they could finish eight and four, yet be a much better team than they were the year before. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Man, it's thundering like hell over here. I'm, you're probably hearing that. That's th- that's not a book. I did, yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> I did hear that. It's pretty bad weather all the way around. That's why I just sped walked through it uh, to my to my office here uh, because it's it's about to be happening here, no doubt. Well, let's do this, Jimmy. Let's call it a day here, and we will do a podcast later on this afternoon for Friday where we will go over our class superlatives. That cool with you? Class superlatives this afternoon. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.